Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 892. Oh my gosh, we're closing in on 900. So soon. So soon. Uh, this episode brought to you by Loot Crate. Uh, if you're on a quest for epic gear or collectibles or housewares whatever it is just things that make you happy in general because they somehow revolve around your fields of interest uh, pop culturally loot crate has it uh the best surprise that you know is coming each month you will forget that you have subscribed to loot crate and then all of a sudden you just get this box in the mail it just runs in the background of your life and then you just get this box full of stuff in the mail uh and it you, then you're reminded that hey I'm nice to myself sometimes, and that's okay. Now, if you want to get really fancy, there's a bigger box with even bigger loot with Loot Crate DX. Uh, and if you want to throw some stuff at your pet, epic uh, epic gear for the pet, Loot Pets as well. The stuff that you're going to get in these boxes wherever you go, like if you wear a shirt or if you have a keychain or uh, whatever it is, people go, hey, where'd you get that? Uh, people will envy your pop culture gear prowess. So if you go, because these are exclusive at LootCrate.com, Slash Nerdist, enter the offer code Nerdist to save 10% off any new subscription. August Loot Crate theme is Kingdom. It's Kingdom. So uh, you get, might get stuff from Legend of Zelda, Adventure Time, Lord of the Rings. One lucky subscriber is going to win a mega crate of incredibly epic proportions. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe to receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, it's over. Go to LootCrate.com slash Nerdist and enter the promo code Nerdist to save 10% off any new subscription today. Uh, here's the Nerdist Community Corkboard from users like you. Uh, this is uh, events at Nerdist.com if you have something, or you can... Uh, there's, a, there's an events pin up at the Nerdist subreddit. Uh, the young man by the name of Nicholas Niblas. I'm going to go Niblas. N-I-E-B-L-A-S. Niblas. I'm going to say Niblas. Or Niblas. A year ago, our family expanded from six humans and no animals, unless you count the four kids, to six humans and one beautiful rescue lab pit named Khaleesi. One year later, our family has expanded once more to include another pup, Cal Drogo. Drogo has been adopted and returned before, and is a special boy who looks tough as uh, who looks as tough as Voldemort, but he's really sweet as Neville Longbottom. Drogo is a congenital uh, Drogo has a congenital defect that caused his tail to fuse together with part of his spine. The prior adopters likely saw that Drogo couldn't get around as well as they wanted, and decided they just couldn't deal with it. Unfortunately, our family is in a bit of a transition that will end with me being a full-time stay-at-home dad. We planned for this transition. We planned for an additional family member in the transition, but did not plan for the sudden necessary expense. The surgery isn't much, but we have set up a GoFundMe, and if anyone feels inclined to help out, we'd be forever grateful. 
grateful. You can find more info uh, at GoFundMe.com slash The Tale of Kyle Drogo, K-H-A-L-D-R-O-G-O, which I'm sure you know how to spell. But uh, please know that it is tail, T-A-I-L, and not T-A-L-E. So a lot, a lot of spelling, a uh, lot, lot, lot of spelling trapdoors in that one right there. But uh, that's for uh, for Nicholas. Michelle writes, "I'm the artist owner of Sunrise Soapworks. I personally hand make small batches of bar soap, sugar scrubs, and lip scrubs with the best ingredients your skin will love. All the bars are vegan. I offer a variety of scented or unscented, so everyone can enjoy them. I started my own company in July 2017 on Etsy, and I'll be participating in my first in-person event on August 19th, 2017, from 11 to 5 p.m. at San Diego School uh, is Cool Bash at Parkway." Plaza in El Cajon, California. If this makes podcasts, I want to offer 10% off their order. Nicely done. Uh, on Etsy or in person at the event. To anyone who mentions that they heard this very thing that I am talking about right now on the Nerds Podcast using the coupon code NerdsLoveSoap, visit my shop at sunrisesoapworks.com. This episode is uh, Robert Pattinson, who is a damn delight. You know, again, and I met I met Rob once. We sat across from each other at a dinner, at a, at a birthday dinner for a mutual friend. It's really sweet, but uh, but I've never really seen him in a long form interview, so I had no idea if he was going to be chatty or not chatty or shy. And uh, he was so nice and lovely of a human being. Uh, it was a real, 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 absolute pleasure to talk to him. And I hope we get him back on it sometime. But you're going to be, you're going to, your pants are going to be delighted off. And how uh, lovely of a guy he is. He's promoting the new film Good Time, which is opening August 11th. Getting rave reviews, by the way, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's directed by Ben and Josh Safdie. And uh, it looks fantastic, and he looks great in it. So uh, that is August 11th. You can see that. And again, thank you to Robert Pattinson for being awesome and a half. Also, uh, just quick little promo for uh, I, the, I'm doing a bunch of stand-up dates in the fall. I'll be at Acme in uh, Minneapolis in September. Uh, I'm going to be performing at the New York Comedy Festival uh, November 10th. Uh, I'll be there at Caroline's for that. And then a handful of other dates. Uh, I'm going to post those somewhere soon. <laughs> Probably on my Facebook, facebook.com slash hardwick. That's where I'll post those. You know, it's weird because Nerdist is not like my personal blog, and sometimes I still think of it as that just because I started it. And then I realize, like, oh, yeah, I don't have a sidebar on Nerdist.com anymore for my, uh, for my stand-up date. So I should probably get on that because I'm going to – now that At Midnight's done. And thank you so much for watching At Midnight if you did. It was an incredible 600 episodes. Absolute dream job. I have to thank all the amazing comedians on the show, uh, especially the people who were there. Uh, that's where I first got emotional is when I saw how many people had agreed to come back on our last episode, or number 600. But uh, what a dream job, and I have nothing negative to say about the experience. It was just a complete joy from start to finish. So if you watched At Midnight, if you hashtagged in Hashtag Wars, thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to... Uh, to have that job for four years and just fuck around with my friends about the internet. And thanks to Comedy Central uh, for giving us uh, so much runway. I mean, it was absolutely an honor and a pleasure to do that show. And I, it will always be a special moment in time for me. And also, a lot of people said a lot of nice things about it, which also overwhelmed me. I thought people were going to be like, good riddance, fuck off. But uh, it was, I'm still getting stuff today, every day about people who miss the show and who say congratulations and, and a lot of good coverage and, uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of the publications. And so I just want to say thank you so much. It was incredibly meaningful to me, and, uh, and I really appreciate it. And uh, this episode also brought to you by Blue Apron. 
Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. You're going to spend less than 10 bucks a meal. You're going to get seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. And, uh, you know, I got Blue Apron for my mom because she loves to cook, loves to cook. But uh, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe it doesn't always feel like going to the grocery store. So they just sent her all the ingredients, and she goes to town, loves her Blue Apron. Uh, some August meals include basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, uh, sautéed shrimp, green beans, globe tomatoes, spinach, orzo pasta, whole grain pasta, summer vegetables, heirloom tomato caprese salad. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash nerdist. You're going to love how good it feels. It tastes amazing. You're going to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So please don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Nerdist. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thank you to them for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is 892. And Mr. Robert Pattinson, Katie, please roll that business. Now entering Nerdist.com. because this is all fun stuff to talk about because I've been in Los Angeles for so long but it's all just the, like the corporatization of that area because like Yamashiro's closed which was that really famous Japanese place that oh, was up the on hill? the top yes they I oh, don't know but I've never even gone there I know <laughs> <laughs> I always try find it so well, many times well I got some bad news for you <laughs> uh, but it's uh, you know because I, I guess the, the, the commercial property values are so jacked over there that they someone someone bought that building and then realize, like, oh, these people could be paying five times what they're paying. And the, the, the family who owned Yamashiro's was like, we can't sell that much sushi. And so they were like, well, fuck off. And so they, they shut it down, and they, now it's something else. But is the, the building still the same? I, I don't know if the building is still the same or if they're – everything gets fucking torn down now. Like that was every, such a sick building. Like I know. Kyoto. Like, uh, it's just so strange when you drive past it, and you're like, that looked amazing. Have you, you spent time in Japan? Um, yeah, I mean, I have gone just to work, like, but, um, I actually did a, a press tour for, uh, Harry Potter when I was 18, which is probably, it's just the most different. I don't understand. I don't know if the other press tours for the other movies in Harry Potter were like this, but it was unbelievable. And I, I basically did two days work and I was in Japan for two weeks. Oh, wow. It was incredible. Like, and we just went on tours everywhere. I went all around Kyoto, went to Nagasaki. Like, it was incredible. And I was like, why am I being, like, why, why is this allowed? But, I think, you know, I don't know. I think, uh, I think if you're an Avenger, you get like one day in a city and then you're like with, and it goes like, okay, we're in Kyoto. Now we got to go to Colombia. Yeah, yeah. Now we got to go to New Zealand. So I think, I think you got a pretty sweet end of the deal there. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it is funny. I mean, I, I I kind of love doing press tours like that, but um, but yeah, also works as well. Everyone just does like New York and LA, and it's like just go to like Nepal, right. and then everyone will go and see the movie. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Actually, I don't know how many. <laughs> well, <laughs> but as an example, yeah, yeah sure. Anywhere <laughs> else, but the press tours. I mean, it, it, it. I I ran into Edgar Wright in between Baby Driver press tour where he had done all the domestic press mm. and he had like three days off and then he was about to go do all the like the European press and he was just like I just need a couple of days to not I mean I can't imagine traveling can just the idea of traveling sucks as it is but it's like now you got to travel now for eight to twelve hours a day you have to be super focused 
and answer a bunch of the same questions and then not spoil anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I've been doing a few interviews with the directors on this, and they're much more focused than I am. <laughs> I'm literally like, I'm like, this is easy. I'm just like, that. I was even saying, I was doing an interview the other day, and they're like, and uh, I was just saying, like, you know, I don't even care if people see the movie, really. I mean, I just like, I just like meeting new people, <laughs> which that's why I'm doing, that's why I'm doing these interviews. And he's like, oh. But then the headline is like, Robert Pattinson doesn't care if yeah. you see his movie. Like, and, no, that's not what I was, <laughs> you're taking it out of context. <laughs> exactly. But it, it's, I mean, especially because what I sense from what you do is a lot of, it seems like you like working on really intimate things. And even though you worked on some, like some of the biggest film series in the, mm. in film, but what I've seen a lot of the stuff you do is like really intimate and like really carefully crafted storytelling. And so, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a blessing curse kind of a thing where it's like, okay, you you have this platform where you get to choose the type of product projects you do and people know who you are. But the downside is like, ah, people, you're trying to promote something really cool that you're excited about and people want to talk about gossipy crap. And that I, I can't imagine, you know. That it just be like okay yes but can we please just focus on this thing that was really artistic and special yeah I mean it's like but also at the same time I, I, it's difficult to talk about that as well when people are like oh talk about your process or whatever I don't know like what happens if someone watches a movie and they don't like it and then they're just like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that process didn't work like, I mean it's like I mean it's just kind of I have no idea and it's also it's all there's always some kind of vague embarrassing like, vaguely embarrassing talking about acting I don't know why it's just kind of because you're just sort of I don't know. You're just like I don't know what you're doing. I don't have no idea what anybody's doing. Yeah. I mean, I guess like you know, I like watching interviews with like Brando or whatever. But, sure. <laughs> but like really, pretty much anybody else, I'm like I don't know. <laughs> well, it's hard because I think I think sometimes, and we we talk about process a lot mm. on this podcast. We don't have to. We just do a lot of no, time because I'm just I'm just because everyone. People tend to have a lot of similar ideas about what they want to do, but of course, everyone has a slightly different way about doing it. But there is also an idea that, you know, there are some there are some performers who, it's like if they talk about it too much and they get in their head about it, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I don't want to think about, I don't want to think about the, I don't want to intellectualize it because then that takes me out of the moment of it, you mm-hmm. know, and that can be kind of weird too. Yeah, I mean, especially when like with, I think with me, I mean pretty much all of my drive and enthusiasm for anything is born out of chronic insecurity and self-hatred it's kind of annoying it's, 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 a, it's a vicious circle and you kind of if you ever get out of that if you succeed at something then like you're gonna you're gonna be lost forever <laughs> like, well and i think it's also interesting i think it's interesting for people to hear you say that because i think I'm sure people have a very one-dimensional idea of who they think you are or what you're like or what, you know, based on not any real information. And so you can run into someone at a party and go, wow, that guy was really aloof. What a jerk. But if you could hear his internal monologue, that person might be going, I don't feel comfortable. Mm. It's weird to be here. I don't know how to talk to people in Mm. this type of a social environment. And so I I just think it's – you know, it's good, you know, especially now when social media is just dominating the way people communicate. I think it's nice for people to hear like, oh, yes, this guy is a human being and he has feelings. And, mm-hmm. you know, he has the same types of feelings that you have because we're all human. Yeah. And then, you, then the person who's revealing that then feels completely empty and saying, like, oh, I'm not special at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a strange. And I think some of it, you know, I think a lot of it also comes from because my... Half my family's background is, you know, my mom's Italian, but my dad's family is like English, Scottish, you know, like that's the history. And I feel like with 
with the, with the UK in general, uh, or maybe even like, I don't know, Catholic background, which my family has too, is there's a lot of like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, please, please don't, please don't look, I'm not special, I'm not, Mm -hmm. and yet we pursue these things that would contradict that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is kind of a strange thing to go, I should, I should be in a movie. Mm -hmm. People should pay attention to what I'm saying. It's funny. So I was watching, um, what's the show with uh, Jimmy Ovin and... Um, oh, 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 yeah, um, um, the, the Defiant Ones. Defiant Ones, yeah, and uh, the, the thing which Springsteen, Springsteen was saying, like, you know, everything which anyone makes is born out of, of, uh, of like, something like, basically, like, like chronic insecurity and, and, um, and visions of grandeur. And this thing is, like, an equal <laughs> measure, and I was like, oh, and just hearing him say that, I was like, huh. Well, if Springsteen thinks that. If like, Springsteen, uh, thinks that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard uh, I've heard people say, like, even Paul McCartney said, like, oh, until a few years ago, I really thought um, someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, uh, you don't, you're an imposter. Like, <laughs> really? Like, how much evidence do you need at that point? Yeah, but I mean, it is. It's kind of random, I and mean, that's why I always loved. Um the band the band right like and I, I wanted to make a movie about them for a, a long time because it's kind of they wrote so like all of the massive stuff they wrote it but when they were so 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 young like but all before they were like 22 or 23 right. and it's like and these enormous like spectacular pieces of art and then it's like how where, where do you go after <laughs> i mean they, they kind of broke up afterwards but it was kind of um you know, and they all obviously do different things, but it's kind of, I just couldn't imagine like this a massive, amazing output. And you're 22. I can't even remember being 22. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I was definitely, but you were working by that point, by the time you were 22. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's all like, yeah, my um, my memory is just a sieve. <laughs> was, 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 uh, was Harry Potter the first big thing? Uh, probably the first big thing, yeah. I did, I did two movies before that. Um, one I got cut from. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> and, and, uh, Welcome to the entertainment business. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then another one, the one after that was this kind of Viking movie in South Africa with um, Christina Locken and uh, Julian Sands. It's like, was just, I was like maybe 16 or oh, something. Wow. And it was just like the most incredible experience. And, just, and I, I'd really gotten it by accident. Um, just, I still hadn't really thought i mean i hadn't thought at all about being i never really thought about being like actually being an actor actor until i was 25 or something oh really yeah i mean it was just like yeah because it was kind of it just seems so uncertain i mean like now i always just think i approach everything thinking it's going to be my last thing every single time and it's kind of a lot of my decision making process is like is this the one you're going to go down for like you know (laughs) better make the decision for the right reason (laughs) well uh I think when 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 Tom Hanks first started working, I heard the story that he had a theory that, you know, uh, you, you're given your first movie, and if it does well, you get three more chances, and if any of those do well, then you get three more chances based yeah, on those. True, yeah. But uh, but now I just think there's so many things have changed so much, and there's so many different types of movies you can make, and so many so much different so many different types of content you can make. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you? You, and if you get a bit of fame, you can go into escorting. You can, <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah. But do you do you do you? So when you say like, oh, you approach it like this could be your last one. Is that more from the well, it could all end here, or is it more like, well, if it ends, this is the one that I'm proud of and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also yeah. It's like saying if you made, um, it's like if you did. It, it's just 
it's like if you, it's just the decision making process. If you if you if you did something to say like oh. I think I always just think if I'm doing something which I think is going to be like a hit, for right. instance, and then you try and make a hit, and then it's over afterwards. <laughs> and the only reason you did it is because you thought someone else would like it. Right. Like it would just be the worst thing ever. Right. Like, and uh, but in general, like every pretty much every single thing I've done were I had you know it was an educated guess but it had many many different reasons when uh, even if the movie didn't end up being good or no one saw it or anything i still got at least two things which right. which meant something important to me afterwards um so like you just never lose at that point like um i think i mean i don't think i yeah i, I feel like that things are going pretty well <laughs> i think things are going pretty well but it must have been such a head trip to uh because, you know, Cedric Diggory is an integral character in Harry Potter, but he's not in the story a ton, mm-hmm. and then he dies. Mm-hmm. And so to – but just even stepping into that, I, I feel like the, the, the public response to you was immediate, and that mm-hmm. must have been pretty odd to experience. Yeah. No, I mean it was – but it was interesting because it kind of – I was living in Soho when uh, the premiere happened. Un- was I – Yes, I was. Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I was living with my parents. <laughs> and um, I think, anyway. But I remember walking through Leicester Square the day before, and it was just like nothing. And then the next day, you're doing this crazy premiere, and everyone's screaming. And then the next day, I went back again, and it was nothing again. Oh, and it wow. was like, And it was kind of, it was just this interesting thing. And, it, and it's kind of what happened with my career, really, <laughs> after that. Because I went, I got American representation and then it was kind of like a, you had like a little moment or whatever and then it just fizzles out and you kind of uh, I can't actually remember I, I think I did a play afterwards and I got fired from the play oh really? And then, yeah and then and, and I'd basically been on like a roll of getting jobs up until that point so I thought like oh this is this is going to be my life and then it just suddenly hit a, a brick wall and then but I, I, I it's just so nice to have had those moments because then when twilight came along you had this big peak but it's kind of i could quite successfully disassociate myself from that um and so i i I don't think i was too like psychologically vulnerable like to thinking like oh if this is taken away then it's like it's like it's cool like it's like uh you know, there's there's a nut. You will just find another road to do something else. Yeah, well, that's uh, good because I know you also do. I mean, I know you're also a musician too. So I feel like the, you, and I suspect because I know you like, I know you really like, and you're a cinephile. Maybe you'll direct something at some point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny. I'm like, I think these guys. I think the Safdies are just such wonderful directors, and just like just seeing so. So much of it is like, for one thing, you have to have an incredibly organized mind, which I have not at all, like at all. Um, and the other, the, you had to have like pretty phenomenal people skills, like, and it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's such a huge part of it. I mean, you can imagine, you can, you know, so people can kind of imagine a movie and how to make a movie in their head and technically know how to do it, but just there are so many other elements involved um, to be to be good at it um but i don't know maybe it's kind of i but i'm i've only just started to be able to really understand the relationship between a director and an actor like fairly recently and um i guess because you know you do anything for 
almost 15 years and it's like you have to you have to learn something it's of physically impossible to not learn anything <laughs> <laughs> i mean what do, you, what do you think is the most important thing that you i mean it's interesting to hear you say that that only recently did you start learning something so what what do you think that was well i mean it's not really necessarily that but it's kind of like it's you just have to have more trust in yourself and because like when you don't have trust in yourself then you can't trust the director either and so i would think i would constantly be thinking um that i somehow needed to like mold a story from inside it as the performance rather than just accepting that it's like it's their medium and also right. and also i just got better at choosing directors as well it's kind of and um uh, and i sort of realized like because sometimes you do you work with a director and they're just they don't they're not in control of it that is and so you 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 panic and you try and you you try and control it but you literally can't control it as an actor at all like it's it, it's impossible well you, yeah because you just have one you have one one small piece yeah you're just a cog and all you'll do if you try and do your own thing you'll just break the machine right and like uh but um yeah and so i guess i kind of now I just have quite a smooth relationship with everybody I work with. It's just it's, it's way less contentious than it used to be. Well, that's good. I mean, do um, you feel do you feel more comfortable now with what you're doing? Like, do you say like, well, you have to learn something in 15 years, but do you mm-hmm. feel like, okay, I think I understand what I'm doing now? Um, kind of. I mean, it's just sort of, it's, yeah. It's just you. Yeah, you just. Tiny, pick up tiny pieces I don't really know because it's still kind of random and I, I mean I was talking to Benny one of the directors who was editing it and just saying like, I still am just I'm not the type of person in my life or in movies where I know how I'll do one thing and then kind of finesse it as like on, on multiple takes or whatever I'm just rolling the dice like you just press, <laughs> just press you just say action it's like well see what happens now <laughs> it's literally like, and at the end of the take it's like go to sleep and then new day <laughs> again that's really the best way to do it though because you mm. cannot I think if you come in it's similar to what you were saying about like if you try to have a hit movie mm-hmm. you like trying to control the result is impossible especially because you don't know what the mindset of the other actors are going to be that day. You don't know if the lighting rig is going to fall and then you got to stop down and you have to mm-hmm. somehow stay focused for what like you you have to be flexible the entire mm-hmm. time. So I never really understood even the idea of focus because like being really focused means you're thinking one thing like which is not particularly interesting like to right. watch it. Like if you're just kind of all over the place it looks like there's there's stuff going on in your head. Um yeah, so it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of almost wanting to stay in a state of flux constantly. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think also, as soon as I realize what I'm thinking about, it's boring. And so it's kind of better to just be like, <laughs> <laughs> Now we'll just start. Now we'll just start and yeah. see how it goes. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think sometimes, you know, the first or second take that you do of something is, I think, sometimes likely that's probably going to be the one because you're not, th- you know, it's like, once you do it three or four or five times, like now you're really thinking about, oh, I should do this and try it this way and mm-hmm. then do this. But I mean, I guess it's just random. I mean, it's kind of sometimes you do it ten times when suddenly it's like, oh, I mean, it's kind of re- <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I am. I think I'm spectacularly bad at understanding things as well. Like, I'm literally just like, I'll read. <laughs> I just had to read something off a teleprompter yesterday at a, at a charity thing, and I literally I was trying to read two paragraphs, and I was like, I genuinely cannot 
actually understand what I'm reading. And it's literally like, and it was nothing. It was just describing a charity. And it's like, and I was, and I was just reading it to like practice just reading because I'm so, I get so nervous in like public speaking. And just reading and reading and reading this thing in the car. And I was like, and suddenly after like the 15th time, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's in this. There it is. I got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but that's a really good, I mean, it's a, it's, it's always interesting to hear. Because I think when people think, oh, well, if, you know, if you're, if you're an actor, you're, you're, you know, you have a public persona. <laughs> you yeah. That was pretty spectacular what you just did. Uh, they're just, just so people listening. Bottle was, the, the water bottle was difficult to open like the teeth bottle opener that was that was spectacular that was spectacularly done and that was good improv in a moment like i gotta get this open i don't want to make too much noise i'm gonna make this work but um you know i think people assume oh well if you do this thing it's public naturally you're a super outgoing and a public guy and you should be able to and and i find you know a lot of performer a lot of actors in particular are like no i mean i i like being other characters because it feels mm. weird to be me publicly a lot of the time and that's the one that i haven't quite conquered yet yeah well i just i get nervous when i think there's any kind of expectation i mean that's 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 it right. in any form of my life if there's any expectation then I'll freak out and fail. (laughs) I just have to like set up my entire life to make sure that I'm in my own lane and I'm not competing with anybody. Otherwise, uh, I know, I know I can't compete. So I was so bad at auditioning and I kind of don't like it. It's uh, not a good process. Yeah. But if you kind of realize, but like, if you just, if you invent, if you invent your own game and no one else knows the rules apart from you, (laughs) it's like, then it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, if you, well, if I can just get the person on the other side of the table to utter one word, like just have some sort of a that's at least having a plan and gaining some control over the situation. But mm-hmm. the but the entire process I feel like is designed to be a steeplechase. It's like, oh, can you get if you can get through this awful process, then we will auditioning. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also just like it's cra- I mean, it's just crazy. Like I mean it's really it's really like I mean that's after a while, like I mean, it's it's like kind of. Weird. I mean, everybody says it's, like, it's kind of weirdly brutal. But I mean, literally after Twilight, I basically auditioned for two things. I've done two auditions since, like, and <laughs> it's kind great. of, and it's like, I didn't get either one. No, I got one. I didn't get the other one. But um, but I know. I was just like, that's just not. It's not my thing. Like, I don't know, and I'll never be good at it. <laughs> like, you know, but it, but the good thing is, you don't really have to be at this point. You can you can you know meet with a director, or you like the director, and you like the thing, then you can then you can do it. Not really. I mean, it's kind of. I've been. To, it's funny. Like I've been a lot of this press stuff. It's like, oh, so you can like pick and choose what you want. It's like, not at all. I mean, it's like the one thing I'm, I like. Uh, I mean, in terms of like big things that that with direct, big directors who are known that I'd want to work with. I mean, it's any you know. I mean, I haven't done enough stuff for people to really say, "Oh, yeah." It's like you know, you're not. I'm not really that known. And if the stuff I'm known for, it's like very specific and kind of. Um, I mean, a lot of it anyway. The stuff which people have seen, and it doesn't. I don't. I don't necessarily know if someone would be convinced by that. And I think. Um, if someone's hiring you to just get financing or whatever, then that's, I don't really want to work with them anyway. Right. And so it's kind of, it's random. I mean, I, I would just, I think that the, the thing which I've really realized over the last few years, I really like, um, sort of being like an A&R kind of person. Like I like finding someone like, I don't do anything apart from scour the world to try and find people who 
have who other who the majority of people haven't really realized their true potential yet and then completely go in on them right. <laughs> and say like i believe i believe and i'm committing a million percent and like kind of overwhelming them i mean that's what i did on this <laughs> but, but that's the best way i mean the the people who do that tend to have the most interesting careers mm. because then you're not you're not limited by one genre or one style or one thing or, or being obsessed with like being a movie star or making mm-hmm. you know ego based decisions or the the spectacularly most failure uh, producing decisions because mm-hmm. th- those are the ones where you was like oh I'm gonna make a I'm gonna be a big star like, yeah. oh, well, I mean weird. I like movies as well and so it's kind of I like like and I was talking about this the other I mean I'm not trying. A lot of a lot of actors don't even watch movies at all. <laughs> it's right. kind of and it's it's the two things aren't associated with them. Like but acting, I mean, I got I only am doing acting because I like I, there's certain movies which I kind of imagine myself in some ways being like, oh, maybe I could be in that. But I also at the same time when I imagine myself in the movies I like, I feel like I kind of ruin them. <laughs> but, like, but it's like just there's kind of there's that element like I, I've I've watched a lot of movies and. Um, but shit, what was I supposed to say? You were uh, talking about finding different directors. You start. Most actors don't watch movies, and uh, that you're a fan of movies, and you're assembling. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's you died. know what? Died. It's if you. I, I, here's what's going to happen. If you willingly, if you say to your brain, "I let this go, and it's okay." Mm-hmm. You'll get it. Like mm. it, you'll get by the end of the thing. And even if we're not even talking about it anymore, if you just go "aha," <laughs> then you just break in at any point, and that's totally fine. <laughs> But I, I wonder, um, just because, uh, you know, he, hearing you sort of talk about, and, you know, I, everyone, what you're saying. I, I remember. Think, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, just in terms of uh, choosing stuff. Like, and a lot of people would choose things, like how they'll see a script or something and think it kind of fits into a kind of zeitgeist or like, you know, they'll, they'll have an idea of, of a type of character that they want to play and then they actively search out that kind of type but um, oh no it's falling apart okay Okay, I'm moving on from this it's it's cursed it's cursed I feel like you know what would be fun is like every like five minutes you remember another piece of it and then by the end we stitch it together this this is the narrative of this this podcast is the trail of finding whatever this whatever thought was but it doesn't matter because I mean it isn't you know, whatever it, 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 it mm-hmm. I, I think ultimately the idea that you are a huge fan of film and you, you love watching film and I, that's the best place to come from. And that's what I was saying is, uh, those people have the most interesting careers, the mm-hmm. people that, that don't just make ego based decisions, but make passion based decisions. But I, I'm kind of curious to hear you talk about, you know, when you say, Oh, I could be in it, but I'd ruin it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, at what point because obviously I think it's good to be grounded and I think it's good to be a little self-deprecating because you know you never want to be too into what you're doing because then you just don't grow if you do that mm-hmm. but at what point do you think that's detrimental where you know you don't want to be too too negative but I feel like so many of us have that that mechanism of like just you know like punching yourself down mm-hmm. you know so how do you keep that from getting too out of control yeah it's like the, that's the, the line you write and it's kind of and so, I mean, I literally, I've had the same. It's my agents, actually, well, now pretty much everybody in my life. Whenever I start a movie for ages, but for like a month before, well, two months beforehand, there's a whole process of going, like, you know, I'll be really, really obsessed for ages. I'll read the script and be like, it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> 
And then as it, as it gets closer and closer and closer, like it becomes more and more of a mystery to me. I'm literally like, I don't even, un- and to, to the point where like, you're thinking, I don't even understand the script. I don't, it doesn't even make any sense. It's not even written in, in English. <laughs> I mean, you're like, and all these people are actually terrible. I mean, you like watch all the, the director's previous work, which you used to think was so incredible and inspiring. It suddenly just looks like, this is actually all shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then like everything, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the spiral gets out of control. And like, and then it's like, I mean, you sort of start taking it out on everyone around you. And then, uh, and everyone used to kind of have a lot of sympathy for it going like, oh, you know, like you need to like some deal with your anxiety stuff. And then by the time I start shooting, it all just dissipates. And then someone <laughs> told me the other, it was my agent. She was like, you just like this. You like the feeling. You get high off anxiety. Sure. And it's literally, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and I've never all, already thought about it before. You know, yeah, it's, there is, it's, it's sort of um it's kind of an addiction to drama because it, it's an it, adrenaline junkie. It is an adrenaline junkie because you you're you're creating a situation in which you kind of feel these highs and lows. But then what compounds it is that you get very superstitious about it, where you're like, "Well, I, every time I do this, it works, and so this must be part of that yeah. process." Well, it's just making it's just making it real for you, and, it's, and the, the most real thing in the world is like pain. Sure. And like, and so if you somehow figure out some kind of psychological or, or, or physical pain, which is which is associated with the job. You, uh, you know, it's why so many actors or, or, or any kind of artist, like they think that, you know, they have to be devastated or whatever. It's like, <laughs> that's a thing because it feels real when it's like when it's painful. Right. And like, uh, and so you have to set up all this stuff. So even when everyone else knows you're faking it or you're doing it as an addiction or whatever, you still have to do it. With like, <laughs> and you have to, you have to, you have to figure out a way to trick them and say, it's like, well, I know you think that that bit was fake. That last time I did was fake, but now I'm going to make it more real. And now, yeah. now I'm doubling down. But as funny as you say, like it makes it real when I think the ironic part of it is that it not entirely real because it's a manufactured process by mm-hmm. your brain. But, but then the, that's the question about everything. It's like, well, do you invent everything, every feeling yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, I, you, you have to, because you, you know, it's just, just because we're these sort of weird, confused creatures that just popped up on this planet. And mm-hmm. you know, we have to create a reality that somehow makes sense to us and is grounded in some something even if that isn't you know even if that's a thing that we i mean we because of our perception we essentially manufacture everything everything's manufactured so you know my dad is always i love my dad's giving relationship advice and sitting next to my my mom they've been married for i think nearly like 40 years or whatever and my dad's like you know at the end of the day love just a fantasy you've created for yourself it's only in your own head <laughs> doing this thing and I'm you shouldn't say this in front of him. <laughs> He's right, you know. What? Well, yeah, I mean it is it is, but it it you know, it, it but the more you do it, the the sort of adult part of it is that you you can say to the people around you, "Look, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to happen probably again, mm. but just know that it's not about you. It's just a thing I do. So you you know, just go, okay, you know, and don't take it seriously and know that it'll be okay. Yeah, but then you need you need the reaction. You need they need that. <laughs> Literally, you can't. You say, I need to make it painful for you too. <laughs> everyone's going to feel. Everyone's going to feel. I mean, that's generally why I kind of stay in isolation. If I'm, if I'm doing, trying to do something, it's just so much easier because everyone... 
because you create real arguments, which then you then have to deal with afterwards. Whereas right. if you're just in isolation, it's kind of it's easier. Well, I'm sure you've you know, as I'm sure everyone's had has a friend or has been in a, a situation where you're in a relationship where or they're in a your friends are in a relationship where it's like you guys just argue all the time. Why are you together? Mm. I don't know. And then you realize like, oh, Again, they need it. Yeah, they love it. They need <laughs> the spike of like arguing, making up, arguing, making up, and yeah. so. You know, but 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 to hear you put it in those terms is it's almost like you form a codependent relationship with your own brain, <laughs> yeah. which is such a bizarre you know mind fuck to uh, think like why would my brain do this to me? Uh, that's literally. I mean, I have those conversations all the time. I mean, literally every single decision I make, I can I consult my brain, and it's literally <laughs> like which which is the yes bigger or the no bigger? What do you? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think that's a yes. <laughs> but you know, the the, the 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 fucking the really fucked up part about it is that. Uh, we really have very little control over anything and there's nothing you know it you might as well just make totally random decisions <laughs> well, yeah in a way like you know it, the, you know you see people that just sort of like you know someone said to me once like you know in in life there are there are scrappers and there are floaters and some people just have to fucking fight and punch and scratch and kick all their way through and there's some people that just float and they're but you know they both can get to the same place you know, but it's just sort of how you how you get there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I like it does sound like two different types of shit. Yeah, it does. It's very scatological. Yes, I'm yes. more of a scrappy, a scrappy floater. <laughs> Another floater. Yeah, I think I just think... based on principle, I couldn't call myself a floater because yeah. that is right there would be really bad news. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, the, but the older you get and the more you go through it and the more you sort of recognize this because I do you have any friends who are like. 40 years older than you are, 30 years older than you are. Yeah. That's good. Because mm. I think it's good to have someone who's not like necessarily a family member, so mm-hmm. they're not you know, cl- emotionally clouded because they have a relationship to you. But I feel like having an older person in your life is really great because... It can, it can shave so much, of the, so much of the things that you think are unique to you or just like, oh, this impossible, insurmountable hurdle of my brain. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that mm. to a degree you'll always have that, but the thing is, it's okay. Yeah, I never understand that. As I, I, <laughs> literally, people think that's a comforting thing, and that bothers you. Yeah, I don't. I've never understood by saying like, yeah, you know, it's all we're all the same at the end of the day. That is the most terrifying thing of all. Like, it's kind of I've never understood being saying like, I can relate as a thing. It's literally like, really? I don't want you to be able to relate. Do you think, so, <laughs> do you think that you think the sameness is sort of weird, or you think like? Um, you think that you, the experience needs to be unique to you. Yeah. And if someone, and like, you know, if someone can understand it, you know, if someone's listening to someone else's problems or something, it's, I always find it strange when someone's saying, um, it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is because of this and this is sure. that. It's like if you're saying, if you, if you, if, if you say something and someone acknowledges your unique individuality, I think it's much more comforting. Saying like, so, you know, and if someone's saying like, well, I, I guess, you know, well, I don't, I guess it's a different type of people. Like sometimes, you know, that makes someone feel totally alone. Sure. But like, I don't know. Like I just always, yeah, I find it much scarier to think you're just a <laughs> part of a herd and you're just a number. I think I would almost prefer to be unique and alone. Well, I think <laughs> I probably can. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nice to know that there are 
shared experiences that people can have, but I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, we can both look at this table, which is a very nice, round, shiny table, and in my head I go, okay, this table is shiny, and I know that you probably have an understanding of, you go, yes, that is shiny. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that that, because we have this shared agreement on what we think this surface is, that doesn't take away from the fact that you are processing that in a completely unique and different way than I am processing that. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I do... I'm just like, trash! <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish! <Yeah>. Break. <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, are, do, you, do you need to destroy things? Like, are, are you kind of like, a, like smash it all to bits and then sort through the rubble? Uh, mm, no, other than with myself. Like, sure. I like doing, like, I kind of... Yeah, I'm very, very, very in my own head, like almost constantly. Were you always that way? Yeah, yeah. like since I was a little kid. Like kind of, uh, yeah, and kind of, yeah, to the point where it's like it needs to be in therapy to be more, more less afraid of confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of, you know, kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, I hold grudges and never tell people what I'm pissed off at them about. I just don't talk to them ever again. <laughs> <It's> I mean, <laughs> It's just, just ghosted. <laughs> what happened? Uh, but it, I wonder if that. Do you think some of that is um, is, is, is is British? I feel like British culture is very much about like, hey, you know, you're not fucking. You know, you're part of this community. You're not fucking special. You think you're special? Fuck you. You know, like, do you think there's any part of it that's that? Yeah, and it, well, maybe a bit of that, and then just kind of. I don't know. I don't like people being histrionic. Like, it's sort of. Uh, you know, I don't. It was, I remember you know, growing up. My dad was like, "You can do anything you want, just don't be loud." Right. <laughs> and it's kind of, and it's kind of. I guess there's some kind of something with that. Um, and I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't like that. I was always just very uncomfortable with that kind of people not thinking things through all the time. And I think that's why now I'm very attracted to parts where it's people who are very on the front foot and very and not really second guessing themselves. I sure. It's just like a, it's like a fantasy for myself. Oh, well that's good though. I mean, yeah. I think that's, you know, it's kind of it's 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 fun to think about acting sometimes because sometimes you talk to performers and they go, "Hey, you know, it's a job. You know, you go in and you pretend to be a job." I never understood that at all. Like literally, it's not a job. It's for, if it's a job, it's like literally the best job ever. Yeah. Like I mean, it's literally just kind of but it's it's completely random. It's like a kind of a hybrid therapy Kind of. I mean, maybe some people. I don't know. Maybe some people do see it literally as a job, but I think that's crazy. Like, right. I don't understand what you're doing then. So, so you're just making faces. You practice making faces, and then you <laughs> yeah, do some people, yeah, you're some a people face do. for hire. But it- <laughs> like, it's like it's so crazy. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have no idea what the the, the skills are. I literally just know. It's like there's something which I want to confront in my real life. I'm going to use the excuse of uh, this fictional situation, which is like. Uh, a kind of uh, safety net, reality safety net. So I'm like, oh, I can do all this stuff because it's not real. Right. But it is real. Right. <laughs> like, it's right. real. It's like you can't not be you. No, and, um, and, 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 and at some deep level in the sort of the in, in your limbic system, your brain doesn't necessarily differentiate between like, oh, you are saying and doing these things. That there, you are feeling these things. No. Therefore, it must be real. Yeah, it's like literally, it's just it's just a way to experiment with how you would kind of feel in a situation and you can have a safety net. It's literally, because most of the time you'll kind of, you'll avoid doing certain things because you don't want to have to deal with the consequences afterwards. Whereas you can kind of, in a movie, you can kind of do things and then sort of not really deal with the consequences. <laughs> like, and kind and you, so you sort of feel it, like, you know, obviously you don't feel it fully, but like yeah. you feel a bit of it. And like, it's kind of, 
and and that bit which you're feeling is real. I mean, I think it should be real anyway. Right? Is there a specific type of genre film that you you see so you watch movies all the time and you love movies? Is there a specific drawn that you're more drawn to, or do you just like the sort of the broad scope of experiencing everything? Yeah, I mean, I just like stuff that feels kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like the massive scope. I don't really have any specific uh, genre or anything. Do you or do you just sort of like go to Netflix or iTunes or whatever and 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 just okay, it probably knows you by now? So like in terms of like, oh, you watch these movies, so here's this. I didn't realize that Netflix. I mean, I know this is really dumb, but I had no idea that Netflix is being tailored to. You. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it, like, it gets in your head. Yeah, but I mean, I was like, why doesn't I don't understand why like what I've chosen to make it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me the algorithm, but like. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I kind of, uh, you'll, I just see one thing and then kind of, I just, I just, I don't, I have such a, I have such an insular such life. Broad, I mean, right. I, I like, literally, I'll find a writer. I mean, all I do all day is like, like look up what other things they did and blah, blah, blah. There's also an amazing video store here called, um, Cinephile Video. Yeah, of course. And, like, it's incredible. And like, I've got, I'll, I'll get, you can generally get like a director's entire catalog from that place and because a lot of it's not on netflix or any anywhere yeah from a lot of um classic directors and you can get you know 20 movies and just do everything um and i kind of love doing that yeah i mean i you know i i I mean this is a total compliment but i think you don't give yourself enough credit for how much you really do think about things i mean it sounds like you're very thoughtful and very you know to sort of go down the rabbit hole and understand an element of something that you are really passionate and excited about. I mean, that's not random. You really do. You know, I think you're, I think you are kind of crafting you know, a world that is exciting without necessarily admitting to yourself that that's, that that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely like doing it, but it's kind of, I just, there's something about people just like baking themselves up too much, especially in, I don't know, when you just see, I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's like, it's kind of, it just feels weird to me. Like just kind of being, saying, being too earnestly saying, well, this is the, uh, the answer. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, it's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have it's, to do things that excite you. And it's like, and it's kind of, you're constantly looking for things to be inspired and excited by. And like, um, uh, you know, it's kind. Of, I just find it really strange when people can think about it the other way, going like, "I'm the thing that's inspiring, exciting." Oh, right, like, right, 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 right. Literally, I'm just con- like, I like being a sponge for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, what types of things do you find? You know, what types of roles when you're looking at scripts and you go, oh, "I'm really obsessed with this. I really want to try to make this work." It, it, does a lot of it come from this place that you were talking about about challenging yourself in terms of processing things and 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 therapy, or is it more like? Oh, I've never played this type of a character before, and I, I think I might like to try that. Yeah, there's definitely been, there's like a whole bunch of different. I mean, sometimes there's just I'll just see something which someone's done, and then I just think it's like magical. Like I saw this guy Ciro Aguero I'm doing a movie with next year. He did this movie called Embrace of the Serpent, which is this Colombian movie. Which I just thought I just remember seeing it in the theater and just being like, this is like insane. It's like one of the most. It's like a it's like a magical thing. Like from the first shot, you're just like wow, like how, I don't even understand how it's made. So I just kind of, just another person, I just basically hassled until he gave me a job. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I mean, luckily the next job is amazing. Like, um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, and it's with really good people and stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll just do anything. I don't care. Like, it's kind of, I just want to, I want to see what, like, why did you make, how could you make something that was magical? Right. Are you actually magical? Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's funny because you, you probably are really interested in, do you kind of grill them about their process? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's, well, I, you can't, I don't think anyone can really explain like, their thing. It's kind of, it's sort of, I mean, in general as well, there's no like magic to it. It's like, you know, there's sort of, someone will have an innate talent, but generally it's like, however boring it is, it's just putting like tons of time and practice and work into it. And, right. Like, that is what it is. Like, yeah. It's like someone just will put in more effort and like, and good effort, not just like pointless, right? Going around the hamster wheel effort. Right. Like, it's kind of, they just have more enthusiasm than, than the average person. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting how everything comes back around subconsciously because we started this conversation talking about magic mm-hmm. and the magic castle mm-hmm. and you just said something that was really interesting which was well it's not magic they put the work in and that's really but there is magic there is magic yeah. but it comes from preparation you know it comes from preparation mm-hmm. and understanding and you know a magician can make something look seamless but they put so much to you don't see all the time and the work and the yeah. effort and the obsession and the and that's you know so there i think there is an illusion to it but i think that organic magic quality comes out because they're not they've gotten to a point where they're not um super conscious of it mm-hmm. anymore that it's just sort of in their yeah. being and there are like some i mean they're they're yeah i mean it's amazing i mean i love my favorite my one of my sister's best friends was a magician and um you know he'd do tricks like he was an incredible magician like, I remember he'd always wear the same outfit and uh, he like got drunk like the only time I've ever seen him get drunk he took his jacket off and I was just randomly picking up his jacket and it had all these threads and stuff in it like ready to go like no matter what like, oh wow like, oh, it's incredible but he did this uh, he did, did this trick which I thought was always the most amazing one where he just he just said think of a card and he'd just tell you a card oh shit and there's no, no cards or anything he didn't even get a pack of cards out and he would 90% of the time get the right card and I was like Jesus Christ how are you, how are you doing this <laughs> do you want to know how he does it or do you like not knowing no I mean it's like micro expressions and stuff and it's also because most people follow the same patterns but I mean you know, but I still think you know the whole the whole point is like you know I, I think if you're a true magician then you are actually looking for the thing which is real that the real right. matter is not a trick and like right um, and you know hopefully eventually you'll find it are you do you gonna are you gonna get any time to go home and rest or anything or do you do you need to be moving at all times I rest way too much <laughs> okay, I've literally I haven't done anything for a long time um, uh, yeah no I am going I've finished this press stuff and then go straight into another movie which I've been preparing <laughs> for three years and now I'm gonna go with three weeks actual prep. Oh shit! <laughs> After I'm supposed to be kind of been in it for years and years. I mean, that's you started the process three years ago, or you started you got involved three years ago, and it's mm-hmm. just now getting made. Yeah, yeah. Fucking movies! I don't like that. That that I. That's so amazing to me that doesn't kill the creativity. It's like you know, because you're a different person than you were three years ago. So how do you? So I was talking about the. Other, I mean, it's because it's like I just think all of these things is just having a relationship with someone, and like you have the that initial moment you've just you know you only fall in love with people or things so many times or that and like if like you find something and like you just get that feeling of like falling in love with it it you know you might not necessarily know what it is but like you should 100 percent chase it down afterwards and like with this uh with this next thing um 
I remember seeing it's with this director called Claire Denis, who's like one of my favorite directors. But I remember seeing her first, the first movie I saw of hers was uh, I was shooting the last Twilight movie in Louisiana, and it was just on TV. And I remember watching it and just being like so struck. And that was five and a half years ago, maybe. Oh wow! And like and tracked her down and like kind of. Um, and she'd never made a fully English language movie before, and and it's just like yeah, just kind of staying involved, and like you just like you just ha- you just have to believe in, in a kind of uh, yeah, and it's kind of and like I have g- genuinely wouldn't be able to describe to you what the movie's about at all, <laughs> like, <laughs> but you just know you it just there's something about it that feels feels good and feels like something you want to be a yeah, part of. I just know it's going to be a thing. I mean, when you uh, oh, that's okay. Do you mm. need to? You got it. No mm-hmm. problem. Where are we at now? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're at 50 already? Holy mm-hmm. shit. Oh, my God. This is really nice of you to sit down and chat for an hour. <laughs> no I mean, sometimes it can be very hard to convince people if they're like, in the middle of a day, I got to do what? You know? So I'm hopefully. I'm, I'm on crank. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop talking. I need to be a bit in another room. Like, <laughs> Let's talk for another four hours. Let's stay up all night. Let's build an amusement park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, then it, but then I'm sure you'll have that moment where at some point today, you'll just like crash. And I, I'm just quite sick. I have to do Jimmy Kimmel like after this. And like, I'm kind of terrified about going on. Just being like, <laughs> you know, it's, I, you just reminded me that one of the times I did Kimmel, uh, you were the lead guest and I was the second guest. Really? Yes. That's yes. Crazy. Yes. And and uh, we didn't meet because it was uh, it was just a particularly crazy time. And they they have since changed Kimmel, where you used to go backstage and then there's there were a bar like, and stuff. there's bar, but yeah. there used to be shit tons of people outside that were like screaming. I mean, yeah, so yeah. they've kind of blocked all that off, so it's a little easier to get in. Oh, now. Really? <laughs> but it it just you know you in particular. It, they, it was like everything kind of had to lock down because people were just so like grabby and it was just sort of a I mean just lots of it had a grabby period it was a grabby it was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean is there any because m- most people will never experience that so just it might be a weird question but what's going on in your head while all that shit's going on where people are screaming and it's like they're screaming twilight or whatever it is mm. and you are trying to retain some piece of your humanity and go hey i'm just a guy i'm a guy like what is going on in your head while all that's happening i mean kind of luckily like i sort of have like i'll be if i'm in a calm situation my brain will be filled with anxiety and panic and then if I'm in a panicky, anxiety-inducing situation, my brain just completely calms. And I'm like, and I'm totally zen afterwards, which oh, wow. is just, I have no idea why. And it was literally, it's, it's kind of a helpful, weird thing to have, to have been born with. <laughs> uh, but it genuinely does. It's kind of like, like I get a dump of serotonin. Like whenever, like whenever something feels really nerve-wracking and it's just like and i'm like my heartbeat slows down and everything that's incredible like, it's really crazy and so yeah you kind of yeah you have these sort of weird out-of-body experiences and also at the same time with all that stuff i'm just also have a desperate need to make people like me all the time and so like you have people scream you're just like oh, just like me like me you just distilled social media in a couple of sentences please yeah. just like me please, please and that's like why me. i can't be on it oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 i would never get off my phone i'd be staring at it again ah, no. like. and then, yeah and then, and then unfortunately because you know especially if you have any insecurity about anything you'll read a thousand things that are really nice and one person will say something that just sticks in your gut mm. and then you're obsessing on it all day and you're like well that was a complete waste of energy you yeah. know 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. But I, mm. but I think that's a that's a nice that's a nice power to have, and and also I think it, uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's nice to know that that you you know that this stuff does uh, does kind of go through a process in your brain and does actually you know because people the scene they go oh the guy didn't even look over here well, he's so full of himself and you're like no he's just trying not to get upset you know yeah. like people don't know I mean it, during you know, I like it as well I like it when, with that it's just fight or flight really like in right. a lot of the, and it's kind of when someone confronts you about something it's like it is I mean <laughs> I mean it's happened a few times like the kind of you're either totally zen or if one person says like the wrong thing and then it, there's like suddenly five years of like right. like compressed rage which all get thrown out on that one person yeah and then the bummer but, uh, part is then people go oh then they define you by that one moment it's like you know, I think part of the agreement, unfortunately, with what, you know, when you get to a certain level is uh, people might define you in a moment and not give you the grace of being a human being, which you well are. I think it's also the funny thing is, well, you kind of, if you just somehow kind of maintain any kind of career for long enough, it, no matter what your self sort of, it does somehow come out. Like people kind of get a feeling of who you actually are in the right. public. Like it's sort of, it's just impossible to to some, to keep something um, contained. Like especially now, it's just impossible unless you literally never leave your house. Right. Um, but then it's pretty clear what type of person you are as well. <laughs> right. But I mean that. But that urge of like if 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 people have one impression of you to be able to go, hey guys, no, I'm just. Hey, I'm just a ri- come on. Yeah, yeah. Please just know who I am. Please just understand me as a person. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing with that kind of aspect. I've never, I've never given a shit like about it. it's kind of just sort of unless it just fa- the only reason I'm doing it is to do movies, right? To play parts, and it's like the only time my personal stuff would ever worry me or I think I need to address it is if it's affecting my ability to get jobs, and that's it. I was, I was but like. Really, I just kind of do interviews, and I kind of like want to just have fun in them and stuff. And I, but like, I've never, I've, I only got a publicist about two months ago. Oh, really? <laughs> like I've never had one before. It's, like, they're it's, very I helpful. Just said, I've just said no to everything forever, and like, and yeah, and it's kind of um, yeah. I've never really. Un- I, I don't understand how to manipulate your own per like. Uh, uh, like your your real kind of life or whatever right. to to somehow make it work for your for your job, it's just too complicated for me. <laughs> well, kind of like... I'm glad you didn't say no to this because this was an absolute mm. pleasure to talk to you, and I hope you Thanks had a nice time. And uh, good. good time opens uh, LA and New York, August 11th, uh, in additional cities on the 18th, but then completely wide on the 25th. God, I wish I could remember stuff like that. I'm literally just, that's just great. I'm just completely got in one ear out of the other. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Rob. Cool. It was really nice to see you. Thanks a lot. Nice to see you. Too. All right, take care. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop popcorn. Imagine this perfectly popped. Endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.